a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, if you guys know anything about me, you know when I travel, um, I look for certain things. Uh, if um, If I'm in California or Texas or New York, I look for the cigar shop, I look for the coffee shop, and I look for the donut shop. Those are the three priorities that I have. Um, these are uh, three of the greatest worldly gifts that God has given me, at least that I appreciate. And I'm super pumped for us to bring on somebody who knows a whole lot about, especially, coffee. His name is Eric Anderson. He is a friend of mine. He is a member of our church, and he owns a roasting company. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, man. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, this is going to be... I'm so, I've been looking forward to this. Like, uh, the idea popped in... We're in the same small group. Yep. And the idea just popped in my head. Like, yeah, why... Why aren't we talking about coffee <laughs> on the podcast? It's about time. Well, I'm glad then, we can be here. And then I said, well, everybody loves coffee. And then you sort of give me percentages of <laughs> Americans that do and don't. I'm like, okay, I, I, I really do need to bring him on because I apparently don't know what I'm talking about. I was like, How everybody many, should love coffee. I think there's a way for everybody. I think a lot of people who don't like coffee, it's like a lot of people don't like Calvinism because they were exposed to some jerk Calvinist, and they're exactly like, they're it. like, oh, Calvinism, Calvinism is the worst. And I'm like, no, you had bad Calvinism. Yep. There's good Calvinism, and bad Calvinism. <laughs> it's like there's good coffee and, and bad, coffee, bad coffee, right? Coffee. It's exactly the same thing. I think we got those two things just lined up perfectly. Now, do you? Um, did you grow up loving coffee? Like, did you were like a little kid drinking coffee or something? Kind of. My grandfather actually used to drink really crappy coffee, but he would take the sugar cubes that he had in the shop and he would dip them in his coffee and give me the sugar yeah. cubes. So it, it was literally sugar with a little bit of coffee right. flavor to it. So, but it yeah, just grew up all around coffee and definitely bad coffee. I mean, I'm a child of the '80s. There was no right. specialty coffee back then. No. So it no, was, you, there was Folgers. That was Folgers, and was, if you were drinking the good stuff it was maxwell house max <laughs> uh was it fill it to the rim with brim was that what it that, that, to the, yeah, yeah oh, something man, like that's, that that's one i haven't heard for a while it was yeah. always you know good to the last drop yep yeah man, the little percolator sound yeah. i remember that stuff and then there was uh juan valdez yeah juan valdez that's uh that's actually still a thing down in columbia okay so that's it's, uh, there's juan valdez cafes oh. and it was he was a he was an icon for the Colombian coffee uh, yeah. marketing company. Is my memory right? Am I remembering him in like a burrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so I remember. Yeah, I I was drinking coffee. Um, like I sip my dad's here and there because mm-hmm. you know he would put a little bit of sugar in there or something. But my, my, I was interesting because my we moved my parents in with us, and they've both p- since passed away. But we moved my parents in with us when my daughter was about four, three and a half or four. And uh, she would come and sit on my father's lap in the early morning, and he would give her a spoonful of coffee with sugar. Oh yeah, and that's burned into her brain. Yep, you know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing how it just like you remember that first coffee experience without a doubt. I love it, unless you get you know, you know, sip somebody's terrible black coffee. That might not be. <laughs> it might not be the best. I'm not really sure. So help us understand. You are a coffee roaster. Right. What is what is a coffee roaster? Like people might see you own Fresh Ground Roasting. People drive by, they see that sign, they see your coffee all over the place. But what does a roaster do? I, I know it's I know it's in the term. I know it's right there. But explain <laughs> to us what you actually do. Yeah. So when we get the coffee, it's 
like really small and green um, and kind of hard and not edible or drinkable in any okay. way. So we put it in a roasting machine. It's just a big drum that turns around and heats stuff up uh, for a period of time until it uh, turns brown and we make coffee beans out of it. So um, we get all coffees from all over the world and we roast them all up different ways from light roast to dark roast to okay. whatever we need. So now listen, in some of the reading that I've done on coffee roasters, I get the impression, tell me if I'm wrong, I get the impression that there is a genuinely unique experience with each roast, especially roasting like certain beans from certain places. Like there's, I don't know if it's called a batch or whatever, but there's almost like, I get the impression that you could keep a diary and maybe you guys do of like the, what's happening as you're roasting a particular batch. If I'm using a, a, a wrong term, please correct me. Is, is it that way? Is each? Yeah. No, batch is exactly okay. what, 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 what it would be. And uh, yeah, I mean, every coffee is unique. And when you're in the specialty coffee like world like we are, not only is every coffee unique, but every region is mm. unique in different countries and every every harvest is unique. Things happen with weather and all sorts of right. stuff that changes things every year that oh, we've season got to, to adjust season. Oh, okay. season to season. So mm. um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what makes it from my my perspective kind of fun. Yeah. And frustrating on some levels but <laughs> and you can see that it would it, you know there's a science and an art to it yeah right because you've got to yeah. be able to flex and uh, try different things and yep. experiment right and different coffee roasters can take exactly the same coffee mm. from the same farm or the same whatever and roast it different ways and it just makes a huge difference. Different. that's kind of the little touch that we get to put on it which we, is a lot of fun is it also true that uh, you can be an amazing roaster but if you get garbage beans there's yeah. not a whole lot you can do oh with yeah it. you, you got to have good stuff <laughs> to start out otherwise you just so, got crap so you said you got you get these beans from all over the world yep. greens they're green they're, they're coming in so how do you even start there like when you you're like, okay, hey, we're, we want to have a particular kind of, we want to have a coffee. Um, and you're looking at regions. Let's say you chose a particular reason, region because you like the flavor profile or whatever. I don't mm. understand this. No, that's but exactly you, it. So you figure it out. Uh, but like, where do you start? How do you know who to talk to? I mean, you started this business. Right, yeah. So like, how do you even go like, oh, I'm just going to throw a dart? Like, it, it, is there a website? What do you do? <laughs> There's an unbelievable number of green coffee importers in the world. It's, I mean, there's some really big companies around too that do it. And it just seems like everybody with a connection in a different country is able to put coffee on a container mm. and ship it over. Okay. So we're to the point now where we've kind of narrowed down who we deal with the three or four different ones that we deal with. But what we really like to do is work with specific organizations around the world who are doing things in different coffee growing communities to help the communities. Mm. And they all work different ways. Different organizations have different models of how they work but like uh we're connected right now with a organization in honduras called the honduran coffee alliance and they are the for-profit branch of an organization called empowering education international which mm. is a christian uh child sponsorship program that works in honduras and actually started working in uganda recently too okay. so uh and what we get to do is work with they put us in touch with specific producers in our case uh, one family Maria and Edwin Bajarona, which I just had a FaceTime with them, which is so cool oh, because wow. we can, you know, sit here now with technology yeah. and FaceTime with the people who are growing our coffee, which 10 years ago when I started, that was a rare occurrence right, if, right. If, if anything else. So it was a lot, it was pretty cool to be able to do that. Awesome. Uh, but then, you know, 
we get to purchase from them year over year over year, which gives them a great way to build a business that's sustainable for them. That's super cool. All right. So you're looking for, because like, so basically the, the, the market is flooded with these pre-roasted beans. What do you call them? Just green unroasted coffee. Okay. Yeah. So the green unroasted coffee, there's, there's just everywhere. Sure. There's a million yeah. different choices to have. Oh, so you, you're, you're, you, you've over time have been able to narrow it down and you're, you like working with companies. Is fair trade, is that still a term that people use? Fair trade, yes it is, but fair trade is actually a certification that's okay. done by an organization. So somebody needs to pay for that certification. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Fair Trade USA, Fair Trade International. So that doesn't mean what some people think it means, because I think most people think it means like, oh wow, Fair Trade means this is coming. We're helping poor farmers, or we're helping to sustain. It doesn't there mean is, that. There or? is an element of that that it happens. Um, I'll give you my opinion here, yeah. and I'll probably yeah, get yeah. you know we're going to get nasty emails yeah. about this, but. I'm not convinced fair trade actually does as much good as mm. they claim to do if you read their website. Okay. Uh, the actual numbers, and I've talked to coffee farmers and stuff like that, the numbers that they get from doing fair trade, it just doesn't add mm. up. So, so how, do you how do you find a, a, an organization yep. that, to work with or a farm, you know, whatever? How do you find the ones that are taking care of their employees and, and doing well? Yeah, a lot of them are the, we get introduced through importers that we work with here. Uh, we like to work with what we call a direct trade model, which is a little bit of a nebulous term. Unfortunately, that's not really well defined in the industry yet, but uh, we like to work with organizations as much as we can. And a lot of times we get introduced to those guys through our importers that we work here in the United States. So okay. we do work with importers. You know, it, I don't like go down and come back with stuff in the overhead. Right, bin. Right, it right. just doesn't work. They're getting stuff to port and yeah. on a ship and through customs. And it's such a huge mess that I don't ever want to have to right. deal with That's that a stuff. business in and of itself. That's a business right? in and of We let those guys deal with it. So, so you, t you, you talk to them because mm -hmm. they know all of the farms, they know all these people and they can tell you, oh, you're looking for this kind of an operation. Right. It's and it's going to cost a little more, but exactly. it's going to be worth it because they're about what you're about. Exactly. And they can put us in touch with, you know, they'll say, hey, we've got this farm over here that nice. this guy's doing a great job. And, you know, that's the way we'll kind of get that introduction. And then that guy will still sell to that importer and mm. I'll technically buy from the importer. But, you know, there's a middleman in there. Okay. But um, have yeah, you yeah. ever have you ever ordered like a batch of coffee and uh, and it gets there and you're like, oh, this is awful. Like, uh, this yeah, is terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I actually did. And there's. Do you just eat it then? You're like, what do you do with it? You got to make a decision. Um, in legally, there's a contract that we sign ahead of time that says that it needs to be a certain quality by the time it gets to me. Okay. Uh, so. In most situations, I would absolutely have the ability to refuse that shipment. Okay. So if it's bad, it's it's not just because, oh, they just taste bad this time. There's a yeah. reason why. There's a reason okay. why it tastes bad. Um, and actually, in one time, there was a, a really bad batch that forgot to go through a serious sorting process. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't just off. It was bad. Wow. And uh, I ended up buying it from the importer anyway. It was actually from the folks that we just oh, talked yeah? about, the Hunter and Coffee Alliance because I was just trying to establish a relationship with them. I wanted to make sure that the farmer got paid mm. as well. So I, I bought it at a significant discount and we roasted under a different brand name, but you know, I still bought the coffee. Okay. So that's a bit of a challenge too. So how did, how did, how did we figure this out? Like historically, like I was like, you look at these, there's green, there's nothing there. Yeah. There is nothing there. And somebody figured I can roast it 
and then <laughs> I can smash it, and then I right, can soak you... water. Like it seems like a whole lot. Do you know like how how did Man, we wind up with like coffee? There's like legends and stuff like that, and there's some. I legend. like legends. Legends are great. There's a there's a legend. The way the way the legend goes, and there's really zero proof. To yeah. This, what, okay. Whatsoever. This is absolutely fact. Absolutely fact. Okay. So you can go to the you trust this trust like your Bible. This. <laughs> Uh, there's a legend that there was a, a goat herder named Kaldi that lived in the Ethiopia region years ago. And he found, saw that when his goats ate fruit off this one particular tree or bush, that they would be more active. So he decided hmm. to eat them and he realized that it did the same thing for him. Hmm. So even by active, like they were, they were all uppity because oh, of the caffeine, the caffeine yeah, yeah, okay. in there. So then, right. you know, he brought the the fruit to the the tribal whatever that he got in there, and the tribal leader got all mad at him and threw it in the fire, and oh. that's where we. Got and that's how like, and that is so so wrong. But right. anyway, it's a fun story. But it, but it, I I can see why <laughs> we, we uh, that story would would be told because we do discover a lot of things kind of by accident, right? right it's yeah. like, oh, I, oh, oh I, I burnt, I was trying to do some and I yeah. burnt. Okay. The, so, the actual interesting story is coffee like centuries ago was more like tea. Not because it wasn't roasted, but they, it's a cherry and the, we right now we roast and drink the seed inside the cherry, mm. but they used to make the take the pulp and everything on the outside and make it more like a tea uh-huh. than anything else. So, so it, it more than likely was gradually discovered. They're working yeah. with the cherry and everything, and they yeah. keep getting down as we do. Like, right. like well, what about what if I play with this a little yeah, bit? Let's, uh, let's do a little bit. Thing. Let's burn it. Can you smoke it? <laughs> that's what yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you're looking at coffee, yeah. um, is there a particular region that's your favorite? I tend to generate, go with like a lot of lot of uh, African coffees. Yeah. So Ethiopia, Kenya, kind of my favorite okay. areas. But I mean, I was actually just down in Colombia and had some fantastic coffees down yeah. there. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's there's great coffee in almost every growing region of the world. Mm. So that's cool. That's nice to hear. Yeah. I know, um, you know, because Brian Malcolm, Pastor Brian here. Yeah. Uh, He's a big coffee. Nerd. I was just mentioning this to you last night. How. Like I, when I, my regular meetings with him at his house, he always has a new coffee, uh, that he has <laughs> ground to very specific specifications. And, right. uh, then he does the pour over with measuring temperature and he does yeah, the whole thing. He's got the scale and, and it is, and the whole it is some of the best coffee that I just love the experience of just drinking just black <laughs> coffee with Brian. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And but here's, I bring that up to say, um, I've learned from Brian, like I favor Ethiopian coffees. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I've gone to places and I've asked, Oh, where's this from? You know, there was a coffee place locally. Um, everybody was talking about it cause he wouldn't, he refused to shut down during COVID. But I, I went there one time and I was like, Oh, Hey, and I go, uh, what, what, what's, what region where, where's this from and he, he gave me the name of a company I'm like no 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 like, like what region like where and he, he was like it's, it's dark and I'm like right on alright there I'm you go McDonald's yeah. I'm just gonna get a coke I'm fine I don't, you don't know what's going on I don't want to waste my time here. I was yeah. like okay so it's not really because it's, it's a coffee place but it's not really a coffee place. It, yeah, apparently not. If they like, can't tell you where the coffee's from, it's usually kind of a kind of a thing. Okay, <laughs> you know, you see, I, I like it because there's a there's like a whole culture and a ritual. I like ritual. I like routine. Yeah. I like culture. And there is there's there's all like you can do this with wine. You can do this with all kinds of things. But with coffee, man, there really is a deep like history, culture, and ritual to like everything from preparing to appreciating it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love just for myself getting up in the morning 
and I do a pour over every morning and it's like the ritual of going through that mm-hmm. and making my coffee is just, it's almost like the kickstart for my day. Well, it's good. I, one of the reasons that I think ritual is helpful is because it forces you to slow down and in our, you know, quick fix, get it immediately sort of environment or culture that we live in. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of value placed uh, at least on the front end for it. Hey, do it. Take your time with this, right? Like I, I, when I used to shave my head, I shave my head still, but I used to <laughs> shave it with an old safety razor um, because the blades are super cheap and it was cool. And it was, it just, I, I slowed me down. Like I'm going to slow down. I'm just going to take my time this morning. And then I, at some point I realized like my mornings have, I have more to do. So I, that's not a tradition or a ritual that I can maintain. So I got to give it up in order to do some other things that I value more. But the idea of slowing down to, like do a French press or a pour over, whatever you like, uh, or maybe you just watch your, your drip. Like, you know, that, there's that, that slow down and wait, even though you know you got things to do, is good for your brain. Yep. It allows you to think and kind of mentally prepare. Personally, I like I, not only the slowing down, but the repetitiveness mm-hmm. of it. It's yeah. the same thing yeah. that I do every day. Yeah. And I don't change it. I don't, you know, and... <laughs> Okay, I'm on the Doc and Devo podcast, but yeah. let's that's liturgy to yeah, me. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's that thing that you do that's predictable, that's just kind of, you just think, you don't have to think a whole lot about, mm-hmm. but yet it's still meaningful for it you. It is meaningful. Man, so. Yeah, man. I think, again, a lot of people, you know, don't appreciate coffee because they haven't <laughs> learned to appreciate coffee. And I remember having conversations with people years ago um, during the blogging heyday, and uh, they would say things like, these are grown men. If I have to learn to like something, it's not worth liking. I'm like, well, I'm always like, oh, I'm glad your wife didn't think that way, yeah, right? you They're- dummy. Because she definitely had to learn to like you and your crabby self. But like the most things that are really good are complex and rich, and they're not necessarily easily understood, discerned, or appreciated. Sugar, num num, easy. Every that's why kids easy, like right? it. Uh, it's why kids like ketchup, ketchup, none of mustard. Well, that's more complex. It's a little, right. like, you, so it's like, if I have to learn to like it, like if I have to choke it down, it's like, what's well, not. <laughs> and, and so they don't even understand, like there's actually a process to learning to appreciate something, which is small portion, you know, slow. A little bit here and there. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And yeah. so I think there's like such good value in uh, learning to like things. Like, I think it's a part of growing up. You, yeah. you didn't like, I didn't like mushrooms. I love mushrooms now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know a lot of people in, that love specialty coffee and you can usually talk to them about like what was that first time that you had just a really good cup of coffee that blew you away. Yeah. And most of them can point to some time where they went, yep. yeah, I had that this cup of coffee and man, that just changed my life. Yeah, something good. I can do that with beer too Yep. because I hated beer. I never liked beer. And uh, even in high school when I was yep. pagan, everybody was drinking beers. I'd be like, it's gross. I didn't <laughs> like it. Um, but then I said, I, I was like, I'm going to learn to appreciate it. So I, I would try different things. At the first beer, I was ever like, hey, now, it was a Smittix. <laughs> it was just, a, it was an Irish beer, it was a Smittix. Yep. And I was like, that's, 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 yeah, that's pretty good. Right. And then I've, you know, gone on to appreciate other things. I'm not a big beer drinker, but, uh, but yeah, playing with it, tasting it, 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 listen, learning to appreciate something is going to take time and it's going to open up your world for you. And whether it's beer or bourbon or coffee or yep. whatever, there's so many different ones yeah. out there. 
you're going to find something that you like. Yeah. So. It, that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you can go as deep as you want or not. Like, I, I could go super deep into coffee. I don't. Um, I let all my friends do that heavy lifting for me. <laughs> exactly. And then they just give me the coffee. That's good. I like, this is how I like it. But you can. You can go as deep. And that's, that's part of the fun. Let's talk about this because this is one of the things that occurred to me when we were hanging out last night was, um, you know, coffee has become a much bigger part of American culture. Yeah. Uh, in our lifetime, right. more so than it was yeah. our parents. It was very much an adult beverage that was consumed at particular times. And it was 25 cents a cup. Yes. And yeah. And now it's all day, every day, all ages. Mm -hmm. It was weird when a little kid was drinking. You'd be like, whoa, yeah. whoa. They could drink a Coke, which is the same thing, by the way, in terms of <laughs> caffeine. And all. But but like coffee, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. But now it, like, it's everywhere. It's become a big part of American culture, but it's also become a part of, of Christian culture, of, yeah. of many church cultures. Do you see... Now, I know like, you're going to have to try to be objective here. <laughs> is, is, it a, is it a good we'll thing? There. Is it a bad thing? In what? Let me ask it this way. This is how I like to ask questions for myself. In what way um, can coffee be a complement to a church culture i think what, what you said right there is is key and you say you said the word compliment and in my opinion i think you can have great fellowship over a cup of coffee no matter what kind mm. of coffee it is i get together with some guys down at the geneva diner on occasion and they have they have terrible coffee. <laughs> it's the worst stuff in the world. But, you know, the guys that I'm with and the fellowship that we have is absolutely fantastic. Nice. Um, and that makes it worthwhile, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so you, it's, it's who you're with around a cup of coffee. Now, that being said, it can be <laughs> a really bad cup of coffee can be a distraction too from right. what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And when you go out and you get the nasty cup of coffee that's like burnt on the bottom of the glass carafe because it's been sitting on the heater for, you know, 18 hours, yeah. you know, and you pour it in a cup and you hand it to the visitor at the church and say, hey, welcome. That's like <laughs> that's the yeah. worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is my church. I love my church. And I get a bad cup of coffee and I know like, well, that's not the norm yeah. and whatever. It's no big deal. But for, but certainly for guests and visitors that, that can, listen, I, listen, co okay. Coffee doesn't matter when it comes to <laughs> the worship of our triune God, Absolutely. right? Right. Yeah. But it does matter culturally in, in that we are extending something to somebody. It, We're offering them something. It's hospitality. Yes. You would, which is a biblical thing. Yeah. You would not do that in your home. You wouldn't give somebody a, bad meal or you yeah. know the worst thing oh, you, you would feel do. so bad you, you feel oh, terrible about it oh, i'm so sorry yet so often you know in certain situations we are totally willing to hand out and it goes mm -hmm. it's not only church it's businesses it's oh, a yeah. lot of things everybody well, and it's interesting because you talked about like hey listen i can have bad coffee but good fellowship with these guys at this place but i know what i'm getting into right yeah um but you know, and again, it's not a coffee joint. It's a diner, right. right? You're going there for some eggs over easy, some toast and some hash browns, grilled extra, you know, and the, mm -hmm. the bacon. Yeah. Anyways, I, you know what I like. <laughs> um, but at, at, at church, why why has coffee become such a part? Because, it, you know, in again, I, I've been to 
well, when you guys started coming here, <laughs> shut up, Eric. When Eric and, and, uh, and Krista started coming here, his wife, they, uh, they, they, they very graciously pointed out that our coffee sucked hard, big you time. The, and, the Keurig in the pot. It is like terrible. He was like, what do you, you, you know, <laughs> there are like, you can actually get like nice coffee and get some things going. And we were more than happy uh, to get in on that. And so thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Got to do it. So, but, but most churches that I go, that, that I've visited uh, the past 10 years, the vast majority, I can't say all because I can't remember them all. Uh, they all have coffee. Yeah, and and of most sort. of the, most of them that I've been to have had decent coffee. Um, I can usually tell when it's not <laughs> going to be good. But uh, anyways, why is that? Why has coffee become? Because I don't remember it being that. I, I, they had it for Sunday school classes. That was right. the, that was if you wanted coffee on a Sunday, it was in Sunday school class. But when you're coming to, into the worship service, there's no coffee anywhere. Yeah, nobody. No, it never used to be that way. But yeah, it's all over the place. I think it mirrors what's happening in the culture right now. I mean. There didn't used to be drive-through coffee shops yeah. all over the place either, and now they're pretty much everywhere. And you know, we've got I don't know six or eight coffee shops right here in Geneva. Yeah, <laughs> right. or St. Charles. Yeah, yeah, uh, all very close. All very too, close. Too many of them closing at three p.m. <laughs> really annoys me. We'll work on that. I, uh, all right. So, and I, th- I, I think like like you, you, you were talking about this. Like, there's a, the shared experience. Yeah. Right. Um, over something good. Mm-hmm. So you're having a shared experience with those guys at the diner, but it, the coffee doesn't play a, like an instrumental role, right? It's, it's not, but man, it's, if it wasn't there, I, it would feel it, weird, it would right? It would feel weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. So it's like, it, it's it's an accompaniment to it, but it's not the thing that's, is it the thing that draws you there? No, definitely. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't draw us. So like at church, like the thing that draws us to church, hopefully is the truth of God, the gospel and all that. And you've got this complimentary thing that's a part of the culture. But when it's good, it, when that's, oh, that's another shared experience. Like, oh, that's like, this is really good. And we yeah. have, we have the best, co- I'll tell you right now, <laughs> we don't have the best preacher uh, in the world. Uh, we don't have the best worship band in the world. We don't have the best uh, facility, uh, that's for sure, in the world. Uh, but we have the best people and we have the best coffee. We have, yeah, we do have good coffee, man. Yeah, that. that coffee is so We work is hard good. on that. Um, so I think, I think there's something about a shared experience. I think, you know, just giving somebody something good, you know, it like feels good. Something, yeah, I mean, you've put at least a little bit of effort into making sure it's yeah. Decent, and you know, yeah. it feels good to to rather than having to apologize mm-hmm. when you hand it to. Them. Yeah, it, well, it's and it's like you use the word hospitality, right? Hospitality, it's it's hospitality. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's loving your neighbor. Right. I know we're talking about coffee, but like a lot of guys, especially in some of our Reformed Baptist and Reformed circles, uh, they're they're very appropriately dialed in on on. Uh, you know, the regulative principle of corporate worship and those essential elements and then understanding, you know, all of these different things that are adiaphora, you can take them or leave them, use godly wisdom. And then when you start talking to them about things like, well, what do you, what are your thoughts on assimilation? They have no idea what we're talking about. And they, and when I explain to them, like, it's the process 
the, the, the formalized process by which a person becomes moves from first-time visitor to fully functioning member. And they're like, oh, they just become a part of the church. They haven't really thought through like how it works. And it, I've seen it like break down where they, it's the same thing goes with hospitality on the front end. On the front end of people walking into the door, like, well, you know, how do you welcome people into your building? Like, you know, what is, you know, oh, hey, bathrooms are here. You got yep. some kids here. Here's where you sign them up. By the way, we got some really good coffee over there. Like it, it's not going to, well, for some people it will, uh, but for, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to make them leave your church or stay at your church necessarily. And it certainly isn't the most important thing, but it, it is, it is a true gift that you are offering somebody that's, that's generally culturally appro- appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, you know, there's the important parts about going to church, definitely not (laughs) coffee, but at the same time, if you're reaching out and trying to assimilate like that, it's, it's key for, to, to give something that's good. Do we care about how comfortable the chairs are? To some degree. Yeah. yeah, Right. We have to, because they got those old Catholic pews with the knot at the top of your back hurt. So you're not allowed to fall asleep. (laughs) Those are terrible. You know, we bought, we bought, uh, when we got rid of our pews uh, and got chairs years ago, uh, it wasn't for aesthetics that, I mean, that was a, an aspect of it, but it was because we can fit more people into that sanctuary space with seats than we can with pews because people will naturally spread out. Right. They don't want to touch thigh to thigh <laughs> um, unless they're married. And even sometimes yep, then they don't want to do that. Um, and so we got, but we, but we spent more money on Bertolini chairs because we wanted them to last and we wanted them to have enough padding for people to not hurt. Right, and our, yeah. we, we go for an hour and 20 or more sometimes, yep. uh, six songs on a 40 minute sermon. So like, let's, <laughs> you know, so if we care about that, you know, like when people are like, well, do you care about the landscaping? I bet a lot of these churches care about landscaping, but they think yep. coffee's not worth talking about yep. when that's something that you're giving somebody that they can immediately experience and appreciate. Right. I had a, pastor at a previous church that I was in when I was living in Tennessee. And I remember him saying specifically, because we were talking about a, a new building potentially and stuff like that. And he said, you know, the aesthetics or the the building itself needs to kind of match the, the community that you're serving. And I think coffee goes for the same way. If you're in a community that so many of us are right now, that specialty coffee is a thing and they're yeah. all over the place. You need to have somebody that something there that people that you're serving are going to appreciate. Yeah, listen, if if ten percent of our people wanted coffee, it wouldn't be yeah, like it wouldn't be as big a deal. No, I'd be like, all right, well, here's maybe a pot, but or just pick it up on your way in. Yeah. But a ton of our people want coffee, and this, and I also like. I remember what I said last night? Statistically, sixty-four percent. Sixty-four percent of Americans drink coffee. <laughs> drink coffee it? every day. 64% of Americans drink coffee every day. So that means it's a higher percentage of people that are drinking coffee in general. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, throughout the week. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that because uh, I don't drink coffee every day because I don't make it. We'll pray for you. So, uh, you know, and when I when I used to make it uh, every day, I did a French press because I, I was the easiest one that gave me the taste I liked the most. Um, but I, I don't drink coffee every day, but uh, I drink coffee throughout the week. I I love it. And I, I was just thinking like some people will be like, do you know how much, if we're going to pay for it, if we buy good coffee and we brew it every Sunday, that's going to cost us a few grand depending on the size of your church. Like, you know, every, every month or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't pay attention to the budget. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian pays attention to the budget. Jimmy pays attention to the budget. Uh, I just submit to the budget. Um, but like for me, it's like, okay, well, first of all, if it's worth if it's worthy of it, like it, it, if it's, 
it, it, I, I would say it's worth it. And also, like, listen, if you're, most of your congregation wants it, and it's like, okay, then why not? They're, it's it's God's money, but he entrusted it to them, and now they're entrusting it to you. Why not spend some of that money on something like that? Exactly. And it's if you break it down, yes, it's, yes, the coffee that we're buying here is more expensive than Folgers. Yeah. Right? No doubt. But if you were to compare it, you know, to the rest of the rest of the budget items that are oh, I know that, it's that nothing. It's, it's like nothing. No, no, e- I mean even, even good stuff. Yeah, so for a church of two hundred, I mean we're not You're, no like stop, just stop it. <laughs> like because people are like not not people, and it's I, we've never had any complaints from anybody about the coffee budget. Right. But like you know, an elder will be like, "Boy, that's a lot of money uh, for the budget," and they love the coffee. They're just saying like, you know, like you know when. 10 years ago, we didn't spend that much. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because there's more coffee coming in and going out. Like this right. is, this is all good. I, I, I like it, man. I, I like, I, I like coffee personally, but I like that so many of our people uh, enjoy it. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's common grace, right? Of, of God in the world that, uh, that even does come into the church in an appropriate cultural sense, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of my, I mean, I'm, I'm in like an Uber coffee nerd. I mean, I'm, <laughs> it's your I, vocation, it's my vocation, your recreation, your inspiration and a lot of, yeah, whatever other shuns <laughs> you want. But yeah, I am just Uber coffee nerd. But one of the things that I just love about coffee is just somehow the community that it brings in and the way it mm. just, people just love to gather around it. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, good or bad, it's it's unique in that, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and again, even just know, like most people that I know, people that I know that don't like coffee, they love recommending good coffee to people. Yeah. Like, I don't like, oh, you like your coffee guy? Oh, this, we got good coffee over here at our church. You come and check it out. Or, or here's a good place to go, go to Fresh Ground. Yeah. All right, so uh, a couple of a couple of other questions um, that I had. Do, do you send because like, obviously like you're supplying coffee here for mm-hmm. redeemer um but do you send coffee out to other churches oh yeah we we ship all over the u.s okay so, uh, so if there if if there was a um a, a church that was like hey listen we're done with the pods okay with those like those early redeemer yep. days uh <laughs> and we want to start we want to get some coffee we want to get set up they could call you guys right they Absolutely. could contact you guys and you could help them Get set up, recommend some blends for them. You could ship them the coffee that they needed. Absolutely. All right. So do they do that at your website? Do they do that? What, what are they, Best way a, to do it is our website. There's a link at the top that says wholesale. So Click on that. That's freshgroundroast.com. Yep. Freshgroundroast.com. By the way, do you, uh, do you, do you ship out that black ice brew or whatever? Not uh, shipping that yet. Okay. That's liquid and it's yeah. kind of hard and expensive to ship. Can you so just, that's exclusive okay. just to people. I want to come back to that because yeah, yeah, yeah. that stuff is like that's, uh, holy crack is that what is, that, is. that is. That's that stuff is great. Cold brew is the, definitely the gateway drug. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that will get you in. <laughs> okay, so uh, if if you guys are at a church or something like that um, and uh, or a business or whatever, right, and you're looking for like really good coffee coffee that like brian brian's not a coffee snob uh but he is a coffee nerd like yeah. you are um because snobs are pretentious and jerky yeah. um if you want coffee they even like brian as you know it's not his company would say this is amazing coffee uh and what stuff that we use definitely check out go to freshgroundroast.com talk to eric or krista they'll tell you what you need to know they can get you set up so you have good coffee um and then you can follow in the way of true healthy gospel-centered <laughs> churches 
but, uh, the member. All right, are you guys on? Are you guys on the social media? Do, do you? Yeah, do we're mostly Instagram. Okay. FG roast. FG roast. All right. All right. Okay. So let's talk about this. So uh, years ago, uh, at some point. You were like, hey man, you got you got to try a black ice brew. Mm -hmm. Come get a growler, mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> bro, it's okay. So I got this giant growler of like liquid, like this black liquid gold, and and he, and you were like, are right, you just cut it with water? So you pour it out. You're gonna do the water portion. I forget what it was. Yeah. Now was it fifty fifty? I don't yeah, remember about that. Oh my goodness! And so we would get it and just share it, and we would all just power through it like while we're yeah. working and stuff. So good. What is that? What is cold brew coffee it's like cold brew that. so traditionally we'd make coffee with hot water and back in the day i always say people used to make iced coffee in yeah. summer and they would take like the leftover hot coffee from yesterday and pour it over ice right and it was kind of bitter and old and nasty and yeah. watered down you had to really doctor that thing you up really right? had yeah, to <laughs> cream and sugar like yeah. yeah it's just all kind of nasty so nobody liked that and somebody figured out somewhere along the way i don't know who but they're genius that if I let this coffee steep in cold water for like anywhere from eight to 24 hours, I get this really nice kind of sweet uh, full bodied concentrate and it makes. So it drinks. is, so it comes out as a concentrate. Like that's more right. intense yeah. than your hot drip yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. And what's the percentages? Like, is it like how much, how much, are you running it through or is it soaking like what's going on it's it's just sitting there and most of the time it's just sitting there in the in the in the the beans are sitting there in the water and you get a like a one-to-one -one concentrate okay we actually we sell <laughs> we sell a lot you sell a lot of that stuff yeah we do we do it we actually uh we roast the beans and then give them to a co-packer because they take like 400 pounds of beans at a time okay they keg it for me and so i, I sell cold brew and kegs which is amazing um so yeah uh, it's did it's you have cold brew stuff. at one of our events yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so, yeah we gotta do that again yeah, that was fun all right yeah that that cold brew is uh is, is is pretty you doctor that up man it's so good i got so many good we do a, a yeah. black and bourbon which yeah. is the cold brew with some uh, heavy cream little maple syrup yeah and some oh yeah yeah that, i um i still i saw that recipe um on a movie one time. Oh, yeah. They called it winter coffee or something. I don't know what uh, they called it. And I was like, it, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, cold brew, but they, they but it was coffee of some sort. Um, but it, it, was, it was really interesting. Like that combination sounds really good, but with a, yeah, with a, with a cold brew. Yeah. I can, okay, I need some it's more really recipes. You, your family's been sending me recipes lately. <laughs> my, my text uh, between you guys are all, all recipes. Yeah, that's really cool. And so they, they can't probably get that now you actually we were selling that in, in individual bottles. Yeah, we were selling bottles. So we still do it like half gallons. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, but can't, right. it's a, can't ship that right now. That's all right, kinda, yeah, I can imagine. It's a pain to ship. Okay, all right. So people just need to be here. People need uh, to come and visit no, Chicago no, yeah. Land. Come and worship at Redeemer. Yep. Go away fresh ground. You're still over there on uh, was it Stevenson? It's over on Stephen Street. Yep. Stephen Street. All right. Yeah. So I here's the thing. Uh, that's where I got arrested as a as a teenager. Okay, yeah, right over there. Right, that, there's right a little you, memorial marker over there. That is that where is that was right that for there. me? I never I never read it. <laughs> you know, I'm not really good. But no, like so. There's a on your way down to Fresh Ground Roast. If you turn right, there's a steep driveway that goes down into the park and yep. right down there, arrested for quote fighting whatever <laughs> <laughs> everybody got arrested okay whatever um awesome man okay so people can go to a uh, fresh ground roast 
dot com. Yep. Uh, I, I do. I do love your coffee, and I'm yeah. glad that uh, we didn't have it last week uh, because our coffee thing yeah, busted. But we'll have we're, we're, we're back on. Oh, and uh, yeah, we're talking about doing something. So, yeah. but we'll be back on. If you listen, if you're listening to this this week, don't worry. We're going to have coffee this Sunday. It, we'll, it'll, we got to cover it. We'll get so, it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, too many people love it. Thanks, man, for coming on. Appreciate you. Appreciate your family. Uh, man, your your whole family is so cool. I love your, I mean, all of your kids. <laughs> I'm able to catch the the end of them growing up. I didn't right? see yeah. all of it. I can see them like graduating, getting married yeah. and all this cool stuff. It's been a great couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Really, really cool. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. And for anybody else um, who is interested, be sure and visit their website. I'll have links in the show notes. So uh, you can just go. If you don't remember, it's fine. Just hit the show notes. Go to Redeemer Phil. Nope. That's our church name. What? Doctrine and Devotion. That's what we're called. Uh, go to DoctrineAndDevotion.com. Find this particular episode. And uh, yeah, we'll have all the links that you need right there. Um, if you want to uh, support the podcast, uh, the easiest way to do that is to subscribe. We drop two new episodes every week, Monday and Thursday. And if you want to f- support the podcast financially, you can become an all-access member. Uh, that will give you another podcast that Jimmy and I do called Banter of Truth, plus five daily devotionals or theological meditations that drop Monday through Friday. You can go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access for that. Or if you're just the easiest way to do it on your podcast player, just scroll down. You'll see a link. It says support this podcast. Click that. Bing, bang, boom. You can be an all access member. Uh, We would really appreciate it. You can follow us online at Doc and Devo, Instagram, Twitter. We're on Facebook. You got all the stuff. You can find us. Uh, Tell a friend. Encourage your people to check it out. And we'll see you guys next week. (music) 